might be a controversial statement, but I love Mondays. I know whenever somebody talks about, oh, it's Monday, I'm like, yes, it's Monday. Tuesday is my day off, so every Monday is like, all right, we're almost there. So there was one Monday, uh, maybe about a month ago, that I, was, I had morning mass at IC, and so I'm driving in and plan to get there about a half an hour before mass to take some time to pray. And, you know, normally that eight-minute drive, I kind of go through the day, what needs to happen, maybe trying to, what's going on, maybe say a decade of the rosary or two. And this thought just struck me, and, and I'm not sure if this came from me or if this came from the Lord, but it was like, you're going in half an hour early to pray. Why? And then the response was so quick, and again, I'm not sure if this was for me or if this was from the Lord, but the response was, well, it's because you want to be a good priest, and a good priest will take time to pray. And then the part that I'm absolutely sure was from the Lord was, and that's not really good enough motivation. And it was, it was so gentle, which is how I know it was from the Lord. It wasn't accusatory. I didn't feel like the worst person in the world. It was very kind and very merciful to say, it's time to do better. It's time to actually pray because you love me. It's actually time to pray to do whatever it is you're called to do, not because you want to be good at what you do, but because you actually love me. It's time to change your heart. It's actually this whatever self-centered pride ego gets in there, it's time to let that die and actually let your heart be filled with love for me. So it was this invitation, really, and you think like, man, really, that? But it was an invitation to have a heart change, to have a heart transplant in so many words, to allow the Lord to transform my own broken, selfish, egotistical heart. And in so many ways, that's what the gospel is about today, is about this deep look inside a heart to see where it's going, what's important, where it's getting lost, and where it's growing. And it starts with this journey that Jesus is on, this journey of salvation. A few weeks back, we had the start of Jesus' journey. He's been serving up in, in Galilee in the northern part of the Holy Land. You know, Capernaum, Capernaum, Nazareth, all those places around the Sea of Galilee. And now he makes his trip south to Jerusalem, basically to die. And as he's making that trip south, we, we hear in the Gospel today that he stops. He stops it at Martha's house. And Martha's this great image of hospitality. Or she welcomes him. And that was what this whole first reading was about. These three divine guests that come with Abraham and, and they welcome, or he welcomes them with great hospitality, taking care of their needs and so much hospitality that they're going to have a child, which the, the, the line that we miss, which is really kind of unfortunate, was that Sarah laughs. And the angel is not terribly happy with Sarah laughing at the promise of a child. But nonetheless... She's hospitable. But yet something's not right. And this gospel, I think, for so many of us is a real favorite. Is the one that as soon as it gets going, we, we know, okay, what's about ready to happen. Jesus is going to the house of Martha and Mary, and Martha's just a bit off, right? Things aren't quite going right in Martha's own heart, right? In her own soul. We hear and we can just perceive so easily things aren't right. And even as Luke describes it, he describes Martha as burdened with much serving. Another translation could be distracted with much serving. So, what's she distracted from? 
as she's doing all of this serving, as she's going around taking care of all of the needs of Jesus, which is a good thing, right? She doesn't get criticized for taking care of the needs of Jesus, but she's just going around, you know, maybe it's getting them water, maybe it's making sure that the dough is, is rising, maybe it's making sure, oh gosh, I forgot to clean up, I didn't know I was going to have a guest, let me tidy up the house a little bit, put the pillows back together on the couch so they look right, and she's distracted, right? She gets, she gets burdened with all of this frenetic activity. And that activity, it, it, as it burdens her, it actually distracts her, Luke says. She's distracted. So it dulls her heart, right? All of this work, all of this activity means something in here isn't getting taken care of. Something in her heart is missing. And we see this in her words, right? It's not just that Luke says she's burdened or she's distracting. What comes out of her mouth is like, oof, because she, she's accusatory, towards Jesus. She says, Lord, do you not care that my sister isn't helping me? She points the finger right at Jesus to say, hey, you don't care about me. I'm doing all of this, and there's somebody here, and you don't seem to care at all at what's happening in my life. You're indifferent. You're kind of, maybe you're aloof to all of these needs that I have. Like, Jesus, you don't care, is what she tells him. And not even like insinuated, it's pretty black and white. She says, do you not care? And you, see, you hear in her voice like this bitterness, like this resentment, this anger. Either it's at the Lord, but it's probably also at her sister quite a bit. That she doesn't care. She's indifferent. She's not helping. And what it shows is... She, Martha's hurting, right? She's got a lot of pain right in her heart where she feels like she's got to do everything and nobody else is doing anything. And when it comes out in bitterness, when it comes out in resentment, when it comes out with pointing the finger at Jesus Christ, something's wrong. Jesus is able to calm a storm when it's coming. He's able to raise the dead. He's able to feed 5,000. And Martha thinks like, you don't get it, right? You're not doing things right. And that shows that she's hurting. And then even it continues, like it doesn't really get any better for Martha, because then she tells Jesus what to do. Tell her to help me. She bosses Jesus around, right? Like, not really a good sign. And now in our own prayer life, especially we're going to get this next week in the gospel, Jesus says to ask for what we need, right? To say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Please help me. Send somebody in my life. Show me the way. Forgive my sins. Like, ask for help, but don't, don't boss Jesus around, right? We're not his master. He's our master. But she forgets this. Right? She, she bosses him around. She gets burdened with so much serving. She gets accusatory towards Jesus. But you look at Jesus' response. After she points the finger and bosses Jesus around, her response, or Jesus' response to her, he simply says her name, Martha, Martha, you're burdened with much serving. He knows her, right? he says her name, and you can imagine like just the gentleness in the voice of Jesus would catch her off guard, would kind of almost make her come to tears right away, that he knows her name, and he even knows what's going on in her heart. You're burdened with much serving. I see you. 
you're anxious, you're worn out, you're taking so much responsibility on yourself. It's not necessary. This anxiety you've got yourself all tied up in a knot with, and you're anxious and worried, you're distracted. Jesus knows her. And his response is not to point the finger at her, is not to like take her by the shoulders and shake her. His response is he just says her name so gently, so mercifully, so simply. And he says, you're distracted. There's need for only one thing. And he puts her sister as the example. The sister that she doesn't, she's frustrated with. The sister she's bitter with. The sister she's like, she's not helping me. We've got all these tasks, right? I'm trying to do all the dishes. I'm trying to wash, dry, do the laundry, all that. And she's not helping. She's just sitting at her feet and listening. And of course, she's put forward as the example. Mary has chosen the better part. She's the one who's actually got things right. And you could imagine this, right? Jesus is sitting there. He's speaking. He's talking. Mary's at his feet. And Martha's just kind of like buzzing around the two of them. Right? And maybe she's doing things to try to get their attention, right? Bringing a cup of water and maybe some like... Um, some passive-aggressive encouragement to her sister to help. But she knows there's just one thing that's important right now. She doesn't, it does, Jesus isn't telling her to abandon all the activities or like, let's not take care of each other, let's not be hospital. He's not saying anything like that. He's saying, keep the first things first. What's actually the one thing that's necessary is this conversation that Mary and I are having. What's actually the primary thing that needs to be going on? This conversation that we're having. To have this engagement, this conversation, this encounter. And as Jesus is speaking to Mary, we hear that that Mary's listening at the feet of Jesus. And as I was thinking about this, I got really bummed, really disappointed, because I thought, what's Jesus saying? What's coming out of the mouth of Christ that is so captivating that Mary it doesn't hear anything else, right? Doesn't notice anything else. She is just absolutely in the zone with him. What was he saying? We, we don't hear. It doesn't say. It just says Mary was listening to Jesus. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what Jesus says. It just simply matters that it's him speaking. That it's him taking time to have this intimate conversation with Mary. That's what's important. That's the takeaway. Not what he said, but actually that he says something. And that's the gist of this gospel. That's the example that Mary gives for all of us, is one of imitation. But Martha's not all wrong, right? The very first thing Martha does, she welcomes Jesus into her home. And you think about how, you know, uninvited, unexpected guests. I don't have enough food. The house is a mess. But she invites him in anyways. And what a great example that is for us. To invite Jesus into our own home, into our own heart, when things are kind of a mess, right? We'd like to get things straightened out. Maybe get rid of this sin. Maybe grow in that virtue. Maybe get that family relationship tidied up but just to simply invite Jesus into the very depths of our hearts and how important it is to do this. And that's prayer. That's our life of prayer. 
that we learn in the Gospel this Sunday is absolutely essential, is the center of our lives, of our conversation with the Lord, our life of prayer, is absolutely essential. And sometimes, though, our lives get so busy, right? And that's, that's my own struggle, too, right? I'm right there with you. A life gets busy, and you think, how, how could I find time to pray, right? There's this, there's that. You know, people are running kids here. They've got work. People asking for overtime. There's things going on in the community. This, this, and all of these good things, right? All things that are really important. But there's need of only one thing, and that's to listen, to be able to listen to the voice of Jesus Christ in our life in prayer. St. Francis de Sales is the patron saint of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and he did a lot of spiritual direction for everyday people to help them to pray better, to help them to learn how to hear the voice of God in their life. And there was one thing St. Francis de Sales said. He said, I recommend to every single person 30 minutes of daily prayer, unless you're really busy. If you're really busy and you have a lot going on in your life, I recommend an hour of daily prayer. How wise is that? The busier our lives get, the more we're stretched so thin, the more essential our life of prayer is. The more important it is to be grounded in this conversation with Jesus Christ. And there's so many different ways to pray. There's so many like saints who have said so many great things about prayer. And there's a great time to learn all of those different things and to figure out what speaks to our heart. But maybe the lesson today is just it is essential for us to be people of prayer, to imitate Mary and to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that means to notice that sometimes we're like Martha and we get distracted. Maybe we get distracted with electronics and social media. Maybe we get distracted because we're spending way too much time at work and we're a bit of a, a workaholic. Or, or maybe it means we're distracted by what's going on in town. But the important thing is that we get rid of those distractions, whatever they may be. And that's an ongoing struggle. And to take time to focus on our Lord. And that's what will change our hearts. The Lord wants to give each and every one of us a heart transplant, one that's attuned to listening to his voice, one that can hear him throughout our lives, and one that doesn't just live our faith because it's what a good Catholic does, or it's what a good priest does, or it's what my parents taught me, but one that says, I've heard the voice of Jesus. I've heard him call my name so gently, so mercifully, and invite me to listen to his voice. And that's what the Lord offers each and every one of us, this intimate relationship that our faith doesn't become a bunch of boxes that we check, but a person that we've fallen in love with. We've heard him call our name, and we've invited him into our own home of our hearts and let him speak mercifully to us.